Welcome back to It's All Relative and our very first Daily Fantasy Edition. I'm your host, Megan, and I'm joined by my brother, Steve, and my cousin, Brad, uh, which helps explain the title of our show. But basically, we all love playing Daily Fantasy Football, and we especially play on DraftKings. So three of us each week have been jumping on Skype and kind of talking through our process, um, what core plays we like, tournament fades, general strategy. So we thought, hey, why not make this a podcast and see if we can help anybody else? So let me introduce the family and Fanspeak team. Uh, first, we have Steve, who is the Fanspeak master behind mastermind behind On The Clock, um, all of our data and simulators, but he also is a tournament player on DraftKings. So Steve, how are you doing today? Doing all right. Looking forward to talking about this week. That's right. All right. And then we have our cousin, Brad, who is our Fanspeak data guru. We'll be putting you to work soon, Brad. And he plays both DraftKings tournaments and cash games, so he can kind of offer a perspective on both. Brad, how are you doing today? Doing quite all right. All right, guys. Well, before we jump into week four, let's get a quick recap on week three. And Brad, I want you to give me one word, just one word to describe how your daily fantasy week three went. Uh, rough. Okay. <laughs> yeah, not the greatest. Okay. Steve, what would be the one word to summarize your week three? Uh, <laughs> wrong, as in choosing the wrong uh, Seattle and Cowboys receivers to uh, to put my exposure into. No, no uh, Cedric Wilson? Yeah, no, well, no, <laughs> no Wilson, very little Gallup, uh, and just way heavier on Metcalf versus Lockett. So yeah. my, uh, my Metcalf uh, Cooper lineups did not look nearly as good as a Lockett Gallup lineup would have. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, mine would be close because I had a Dak lineup and a Josh Allen lineup, but just one or two players. It was, it was close. So I hope I'm getting close for week four. So, um, well, actually, uh, before we, again, talk about week four, I like to, at the beginning of the week, kind of look and see, like, what process mistakes I made versus bad variants. Obviously, sometimes you're in bad variants and injuries, but then sometimes you make mistakes. Steve, what would be one mistake you kind of made in week three? Would that be your your biggest mistake is not kind of spreading your exposure in the Dallas Seattle game or did was there another process mistake you'd kind of look at for week three uh I think my bigger process mistake was um of locking in too much with uh a lot of chalky running backs who just did not succeed um Taylor Miles Sanders uh Kenyon Drake um that trio especially um the times where I were, were playing Connor or Eckler or Cook I just weren't playing them together. I, I typically had one or two. I had a lot of three running back lineups. So right. that was my issue is the running backs just did not produce for me as I needed them to. Okay. And Brad, what would be maybe one process mistake you'd look back on at, at week three? I think mine is very similar to uh, Steve's. It's just, I say I played about 20 lineups and maybe two didn't have at least one of, you know, uh, uh, Drake, Drake and Sanders, um, and Taylor. And right. so I think playing also someone like Mike Davis, you know, the the workload was pretty much guaranteed. Um, and I played maybe one or two lineups with him in it. Right. And full disclosure, Brad is a Carolina fan. Steve and okay. I are Washington fans. So we try to, you know, uh, well, Steve hates playing Washington players. I try to resist playing Washington players and 
now with CMC out, Brad's realizing maybe you have a CMC light with Mike Davis. So maybe. <laughs> All right, guys, let's talk week four in our favorite player stacks. Um, this is where you can kind of incorporate who are who are your top, let's say, two quarterback stacks, Brad. And you, if you want to incorporate some game stacks in there too, but who who are you really liking as player stacks, Brad? Um, one of my favorite player stacks, just as a pure stack, you know, not really necessarily coming back with it, but um, Stafford and Galladay. Um, you know, Galladay had no issues with uh, being on the injury report this week, um, and then he played 49 out of 67 snaps. And then um, on top of that, uh, Lattimore is ruled out. So right. the one guy that I, you would be worried about isn't going to be able to guard him since you know he's on the sideline but then also i guess you could bring it back with someone like kamara so um i think that game is about or those three players are about as much as i'd play from that game yeah um, and then another stack i like as definitely more of like a leverage stack um is the mahomes hill kelsey uh trio as opposed to the seattle trio um i think both are great stacks um Absolutely. But, you know, when one is way going to be, you know, highly owned and the other one is not, I, I'll be more inclined to play the, the Kansas City one um, over Seattle. I will be absolutely way lower owned um, for sure. And we do have a lot of high total games this week. Um, so that that is nice that we don't have to it's not like the past two weeks where i think we zoned in on dallas seattle the week before dallas atlanta um certainly you know i like seattle and russ stacks a lot but there are a lot of games as you just mentioned those two specifically that you can look to so steve what are your favorite stacks this week uh well i think the one that everyone's gonna be playing is that seattle miami game um that that i think is the safest especially on the seattle side uh, and there are options to bring it back. But uh, the ones that I would want to pivot to for tournaments, I'll play them for sure. But I really like uh, Josh Allen. I mean, he's just been on fire. Um, he is the type of quarterback you don't necessarily need to stack because this could be a week where he gets 20 points on the ground. Uh, but I think uh, we've seen Stefan Diggs just be a, a huge weapon in this offense. Last week wasn't as great as we wanted, but uh, the Raiders are without Damon Arnett. So, that could be a good option. And then going back to the Dallas well, I don't think is a bad idea. This game has a high total. Vegas thinks Dallas is getting four or five touchdowns. Uh, Dak's going to have a lot of that. Uh, who you stack them with, it's you know it's a bit of a dealer's choice, whoever you really feel inclined. Um, but I don't mind going back to the C.D. Lamb well. He's off the, uh, off the injury report this week, and I think uh, he's going to be overlooked, and he's pretty cheap compared to Gallup and Cooper. So um, I think that's a, a good tournament pivot move right there. I would agree with you on that. Do you, on the Brown side, do you like bringing it back with Odell, Chubb, or kind of will mix and match? Uh, I think you can mix and match. It does look like Kareem Hunt will probably play, so I'm okay. not as high on Chubb. I, I like Odell. Uh, we've seen receivers just absolutely tear up Dallas. Dallas the secondary, the Falcons and the Seahawks just absolutely tore through them. Absolutely. Uh, no, no reason to think that Beckham can't do the same. And, and he's just so talented. And this is going to be the week where 
Cleveland's going to have to throw the ball more. That They're not going to get away with sub-25 pass attempts like they have the past two weeks. They're going to have to throw 35, 40 times uh, in this type of game environment, I believe. So you're probably looking at Beckham getting the 10, 10 to 12 targets that you're looking for. Okay. Well, now, guys, let's talk about some of our core plays at each of the positions. And I'd like you to maybe give me one high price and one low price um, player at each position at, that's kind of in your core plays. Um, I'm going to start with running back, and I'll, I'll just go ahead and preface and save you guys both the time. I think Alvin Kamara is all of our core plays and or is a core play for all of us. Uh, I know before we jumped on, we said, you know, we're playing this guy, maybe not lock button, but you know, a whole, whole lot. Um, he's going to be in a high percentage of our lineup. So I'll save you the time there. We all love Alvin Kamara, even more so with Michael Thomas out. But Brad, give me two other running backs that you would probably, that you consider a core play this week. Yeah. Um, on that higher inside, I think someone like uh, Dalvin Cook is a, is a love it good place to target. Um, I think that game is another one of those games that I think I wouldn't be shocked if both teams, you know, score around 30 points. Right. And the Minnesota offense until last week, all the touchdowns were either scored by Cook or Thielen. Thielen. And uh, I think Cook is just going to get a lot of workload. And I mean, the Texans defense isn't stopping anyone on the ground. Um, right. a, a mid range kind of running back that I think is interesting. Um, I know Duke Johnson just got listed healthy, but I don't think he's really going to take much workload from someone like David Johnson. Um, yeah. And you might be wondering why, you know, recently he's had a tough schedule, but compared to other running backs who have faced those teams, he's averaged more than those running backs. Um, I'll give you some more solid numbers. Uh, running backs not named David Johnson against, you know, those three teams he's played have averaged about nine and a half points per game um, with DJ averaging about 12. Okay. And I mean, these the next logical question is, oh, these running backs must not be very good, but they include running backs like Saquon, Chubb, um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Eckler, Melvin Gordon. Like These are solid guys, and David Johnson has been performing, on average, a little bit higher than they have. Um, and then someone in the low own range. Um, it's not super low, but I like Miles Gaskin. Um, and then yeah. I liked him earlier this week, but now that uh, Jamal Adams is not looking to play, um, you know, that really opens up things in the running game for uh, the Dolphins. And I, I think it's definitely more of like a leverage play against the the wide receiver stack um, for the game. Kind of to bring back if you are stacking up that right. game. Absolutely. And he gets a lot of a decent amount of passing game volume, right? He does. Yes. Oh, I think a... he's been averaging six targets. Uh, every I like week. that for the so, price, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> At 5K, you can't beat that. No. Now, Steve, who are a couple of your core plays at different price points? Uh, well, not as high as that, that top tier of Kamara and Cook. And you can play Elliott, but I'm not as inclined. Um, I really like Josh Jacobs. Uh, Raiders are missing a lot of their passing weapons. I feel like Jacobs and Waller are really going to be the offense here. And the Bills' defense has not been that great. This game is out in, L in uh, Las Vegas. So... Um, you know, I, I think that that's favorable um, in terms of no time difference or anything crazy like we saw a week ago with the Rams <clears throat> having to play a one o'clock game out in Buffalo. Um, so I, I like Jacobs. He's just going to get all the usage on the ground, um, four to six targets in the air. 
and he's due for some touchdowns. Um, in kind of in the mid tier, I'll go to the Rams with uh, Daryl Henderson Jr. Cam Akers was ruled out. Uh, I don't think Malcolm Brown's going to be a huge threat to take touches in this game, and the Rams should win this easily. So um, I expect Henderson to get you know uh, about 20 carries, four to six targets uh, at at kind of like a minimum. Uh, and, and against a Giants team that has not looked great. They've been okay against the run, uh, but not great. So um, I really like that. And then the cheap guy, <clears throat> who I think opened up today with the news that Leonard Fournette's out, Ronald Jones uh, for Tampa. Um, you have a situation where that was a three, three-man three race with uh, McCoy handling the passing work. Fournette and Jones both getting some passing work, but handling basically all the groundwork. Now no Fournette. you got to expect Jones gets... Um, you know, 80% of the, the rushing game on the ground. Um, he could even see a little bump in his targets as well, which have been decent already. And you have a Chargers situation. They do have a good defense, uh, but their offense is going to be missing a lot of pieces this week. This could quickly turn to a blowout, which could mean that this whole second half is Ronald Jones running out the clock uh, or, or a lot of short, quick passes to to not let the Chargers come back in the game. So I think Jones really opens things up from a lower perspective. I agree. I mean, between your guys' core plays and Kamara, you basically just listed, I think, what are going to be my core plays. One other guy before we move on to wide receiver, and I know we talked about last night, and just want to ask you guys both quickly where you stand on him today, is Kenyon Drake. He let us down last, last week, very high-owned. I think he's still going to be fairly chalky this week, um, as of yesterday, somewhere in between 15 or 20%. Um, you know, if say he's 20%, Brad, how much ownership do you see going, putting towards him this week? Um, I probably won't go higher than the field. Say, you know, right. going back to the 20 lineups, if I play him in four or five, that's about it. Um, right. I think there's some interesting guys in that range, like, uh, Steve mentioned Daryl Henderson. Um, if, you know, Zach Moss is out, Devin Singletary is slated to get a decent amount of workload against Vegas. Um, Mike Davis is three. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I will still play Drake, um, but it, it'll be more of a matchup volume play. And, um, you know, if you can't get it done, I'll never play him again. <laughs> right, Steve. Where, where do you, how much ownership do you see um, having? I would see myself being around the field, but that could change if Hopkins is out. Uh, he's considered a game time decision as well as Christian Kirk. Hopkins is, of course, the big one there. If Hopkins is out, uh, I, I think they're going to have to rely on their running game, which is a pretty good thing to rely on against the Panthers, who have just been torched on the ground. And uh, not only that, I, I think Drake would see his targets. He's only getting like two targets a game. That could easily bump up to what we saw last year of like five, six, seven, eight targets. So um, if you get that kind of workload bump, target bump, matchup, uh, I don't mind being over the field in that case if, if Hopkins is not there to be the target hog of the offense like he has been through the first three weeks. Right. And luckily that game's at 1 p.m. So yeah. we should know that information early which is good um okay guys let's move on to wide receiver and give me you know at the different price points a couple of your core plays at wide receiver brad um on the higher side i kind of like um we've talked about this game a decent amount already but uh, i like Diggs. um yeah. he's talented he's getting targeted um 
And, you know, that game seems to be a little bit lower owned, especially compared to someone like Metcalf, who's the same price. Um, so it's kind of like a a, uh, a leverage play there. Um, sure. Someone in closer to the mid-range, I kind of already mentioned as well, is Galladay. I think with, with the injury news coming out, I don't see how you can't play him a little bit more. Um, and then on the lower side, uh, going back to Las Vegas, I think Renfro isn't a isn't a bad play for 4600 um but mainly i wanted to bring up the two houston receivers of cobb and cooks um i'm not sure which one i'll be playing but i'll i'll definitely play one of the two um i think uh the game will be a lot higher scoring and you know that they have looked pretty good when they're healthy and you know fuller is supposed to play but who knows if he'll play the whole game Absolutely. That's always a scare with Will Fuller. Steve, who are your wide receiver core plays? Uh, so I, I've been a big uh, DK Metcalf fan all year so far, and he hasn't really let me down. Last week, Lockett just <laughs> absolutely smashed. Uh, I think this could be Metcalf's week. I think no Byron Jones. That would be the more big athletic corner who have a chance of stopping Metcalf. He's, it looks like he's out for the Dolphins. Um, I think Medcalf is good to go. A pivot there at the top, I would go Tyreek Hill. I think he's due for over 100 yards. He's gotten touchdown every week. If you add a big, you know, buck 50 type game, when one, maybe two touchdowns, he could really blow up this week. Uh, kind of in that mid-tier, I, I absolutely agree about Kenny Galladay, but the guy I'd look at is Tyler Boyd. He's seen really good target share these last two weeks as Joe Burrow's gotten a little bit more comfortable. Jacksonville's defense is nothing to be afraid of. Uh, we saw Ryan Fitzpatrick just pretty much throw at ease that first half and then didn't have to throw much in the second half uh, last Thursday night. So um, I think Tyler Boyd <clears throat> is going to keep establishing himself more as the number one receiver in this offense, and this could be a good week to do it. Uh, going down low, it does get a little um, <laughs> a little <laughs> dicey. Uh, before you get super low, I do like T.Y. Hilton. I don't want to play too much of this game, so I think – you know, if you're playing Taylor, you're not playing Hilton um, and vice versa. And, and I wouldn't want a lot of Chicago. I don't think this is going to be a high-scoring game. But the Colts are missing uh, their two young receivers, Campbell and uh, Pittman. And their tight ends, Mo Alley-Cox is there, is an okay option. But Doyle is is not the passing option that Ebron used to be in this offense. Um, so I think Hilton, he might be due for a breakout. And then uh, going, you know, kind of below 5,000. Um, two guys I'd point out if you're not playing Galladay, Marvin Jones Jr. Now that Galladay's back in this offense, not only is Marshawn Lattimore out, Janoris Jenkins is out. The Saints are really hurt in the secondary. Uh, I would expect the Lions to exploit that and get both of their receivers involved. And now that Jones is not the de facto number one, he can slide into the role that he's more comfortable with as the number two. Uh, so I like him quite a bit in that role. <clears throat> and then I think there are just a lot of cheap receivers you can do these dart throws at um brad mentioned a number of them especially those houston guys uh if you're not playing um uh hill i think sammy watkins for kansas city you gotta like uh, mahomes having a big game um in what could be a, a shootout type matchup we saw that with the patriots in seattle a couple weeks ago could see a similar thing here uh, i expect mahomes to throw a lot and watkins could get there i mean we've seen it before last year he had that three touchdown uh, game. I'm not saying he's going to do that, but it's not crazy for him, him to, to see a small target bump to maybe 10 targets, 
get over 100 yards, get a touchdown, really put up a 25-point type game. So um, at that price, I like Watkins. I was going to say, he seems priced way too cheap for the targets he's getting, don't you think? The targets and, and just the talented offense that he's in. I mean, well, yeah. it's not it's not just that it's eight targets, but it's eight targets coming from Patrick Mahomes <laughs> yeah, right. on a team that's going to score five touchdowns a week. So it's not right. it, it's not crazy on eight targets to even have a two-touchdown game. Um but even just him getting a touchdown is all really you're looking for at that price. Absolutely. Well, you kind of talked about some of the Colts tight ends, and I know we're all kind of struggling with, with tight ends this week. But, Brad, who are some of your core tight end plays? Not not many. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> looking at tight ends makes me sad. Um, but the, a couple tight ends I'm looking to play are mainly guys that look to have a decent amount of target share. Um, Waller is the first one that comes up to mind. I mean, we all saw what he did against uh, New Orleans. Right. Um, and, you know, if the top two wide receivers aren't playing, or I guess I should say the second and third wide receiver aren't playing because Waller is the number one. Um, right. You know, you pretty much have three players in the offense. You got Jacobs, Waller, and then Renfro, you know, 45-45-10 split. Um, but then, you know, someone like Evan Ingram, who's second on the team in target share, and the Rams, I mean, this is a little recency bias, but, you know, they just gave up three touchdowns to tight ends against Buffalo. Um, and right. those are guys that don't even get targeted. So you know, <laughs> someone that does get targeted might be able to do a little bit more. Um, sure. Or, you know, just have a good game in general. And they will be down because um, the Giants are a bad team. <laughs> those are the two I'm, I'm look, I like the most. I don't know if I'll play them the most, though. Right. Steve, who are your core tight end plays this week? Uh, yeah, core is a odd <laughs> term to use. Use that word loosely. <laughs> um, I would say uh, uh, just a couple guys to look at would be uh, Mike Gusecki. We already talked about Jamal Adams and Jordan Brooks out for Seattle. you got to think that's a boost for somebody like Gusecki. Uh, Seattle has not looked good at all this year uh, defensively to begin with, and now their best defensive player won't be out, out on the field. Um, you know, I, I do like um, like Ingram and uh, Waller and guys like that, but if you're going down a little bit, I think I think somebody who might see a, a spike week is Austin Hooper. Uh, we talked about the Dallas-Cleveland game. It's expected to be one of the high-scoring high games. We're expecting Baker Mayfield to really up his targets this week. And, uh, you know, they don't have – this is not a team that runs four wide. This is not a team that um, really spreads it out too much. They the pro, Their problem has just been lack of targets. Well, well now if Baker's throwing 35-40, Cooper's targets of about four a week could go to six, to eight, you know, maybe even have a 10-target week. Um, and you just got to like that because Dallas has not looked good. I mean, Greg Olson – uh, just put up a pretty decent line against Dallas of five catches for 61 yards. Um, and we know Hayden Hurst the week before had a big game against them. So tight ends are getting there against Dallas. Sure. Uh, so I think Hooper, if you're going by a box score, it has not looked good. But you got to assume that this game just sees a different uh, usage for these Browns weapons. Um, if, that's, if, if that's what you believe, then Hooper should be... Um, on your list. Okay. I mean, I'm still going to play Logan Thomas from the Washington football team, but that's only because of volume and price. Um, 
But Steve, talk a little bit about too about you mentioned the Texans uh, tight end. Um, that was something I was not considering, but I think it's an, actually a decent point. Just targeting more pass catchers against the Vikings' bad defense. Yeah, so I, I think you have to look at it that uh, the Vikings' secondary is not that great. Um, Watson is going to face the easiest defense he's faced all year. And it's likely that he's going to throw for over 300 yards and he's going to see his usage increase uh, that we haven't seen. Atkins, uh, Fells is a guy who's last year just stole a bunch of touchdowns and he already has one this year. And between the two tight ends he's leading, um, or, or I'm sorry, Atkins has has a touchdown this year. Fells has one. Atkins has more targets, more downfield targets. He's just the more athletic tight end. Um, so, you know, it, it's possible that Darren Fells gets the touchdown this week, but if you're only shooting for like 10, 12, 15 points, Atkins could get you there. Um, if, if he sees like five, six targets, you know, maybe 50 yards, a touchdown, that's 15, 16 points right there. So, um, that's, that's, I think what you're shooting for. It's no guarantees. Uh, but I think we've seen the Texans tight ends get decent usage. It's just tough to predict, um, in this offense is the only issue. Sure. Well, guys, we've talked about some players like Kamara that we're going to go overweight on. We talked about players like a player like Drake that we're probably going to be with the field. Now let's talk about some fades, some guys that are going to be high owned, chalky players that we're either going to fade or go way underweight. And I'm just going to kick it off myself and say that usually when I play chalky Will Fuller, it feels like I'm going and just burning, you know, $100 bills or burning money. So I don't think I'm going to have much exposure to Will Fuller. I think he's going to be my fade or I may play like one lineup with Will Fuller. So I'll probably be going to some of those other Houston pass catchers and even David Johnson. Brad, who's your high owned fade this week? Um, so I, I kind of have two. Um, I'm looking at the ownership projections. Um, sure. uh, Zeke seems to be pretty high um, at 23%. Um, I just find myself playing, you know, either going overweight on Kamara or just going down a little bit to Dalvin. Because, um, you know, as we've seen the past couple of weeks, you know, Zeke's in great matchups, but, you know, either Dak falters the touchdowns or <laughs> Cedric Wilson runs it for 45 yards uh, after the catch and scores. Right. Um, you know, it's just so many other players can score on Dallas. And um, I don't think I'm going to want to pay up for that when you have Cook and Kamara right there. Um, but then I another... Agree. Uh, I don't want to take too many high owned guys, but I, I've mentioned <laughs> this like five other times about alternates of instead of playing the Seattle guys, you know, because they're going to be high owned and they're high priced. Um, so someone like Tyreek um, that Steve has said, and, you know, I said earlier, is just like, you know, same, almost the same price as uh, Metcalf and cheaper than Lockett. You know, those two guys are going to be much higher owned. Um, but, you know, Hill can just have just as great of a game. So, so that's your pivot. You're, I assume you're not totally fading the Seattle receivers. Right. You're going to no, be under, it's, underweight. It's such a good matchup that you can't not play. Um, but, you know, say if they're expected to be 25%, you know, I'll probably be half that or something. Okay. That makes sense. And I like the Hill pivot. I think that's a, that's a great pivot um, as far as ownership. Um, Steve, who are some, um, some chalky guys you're looking to fade this week? Uh, I 
I think I'm going to fade uh, Lamar Jackson and the the Ravens, Andrews and, and Marquise Brown. They all seem to have a decent chunk of ownership. And why I think they'll have good real life games, I don't think they'll get there fantasy wise, um, just because I don't think they're going to have to. Uh, I think this is the type of game where Washington is potentially missing couple of their top offensive players we know sheriff's already out mclaurin is maybe out um as well as steve sims so that offense might not do anything uh and washington's defense is missing a bunch of key guys so i just worry that this is a a quick blowout and they're running it and it's the robert griffin show late in the game and also <laughs> it could be a situation like last week with the colts defense uh the colts game where the colts defense gets a couple touchdowns or thing or a lot of turnovers things like that that it's taking possessions away from Lamar. So when you're when you're having to pay up that much, um, it's just not worth it to me with with these other quarterbacks and and there and also his pass catchers. Uh, the other guy, uh, if he plays, I'm not playing DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, it will make me like Drake less, but I'm not going to play DeAndre Hopkins. And then uh, Joe Mixon, I just have no real interest until I see that he gets. Uh, that ground game starts to get going. They, they're averaging less than four yards a carry on the ground. Uh, Gio Bernard is getting the work done in the passing game. So there's just not enough um, room for Mixon to get there other ways if he's not getting it done on the ground right now. I would agree with all those fades are going underweight, guys. Um, so now let's flip the, the script and talk about some low-owned tournament plays. And you can talk some darts or or some solid tournament plays but but brad what low owned tournament players are you looking at um i i know we've mentioned these guys before um but josh jacobs you know he's getting a majority of the work and the matchup's good and they're you know top outside wide receivers are out so why i mean even if they were in i'd still be on josh jacobs um and he's sub five percent projected. Yeah, right. I believe. Yeah, um, and then another player. Um, ooh, I lost him. Oh, I mentioned <laughs> before as a as a lower lower price uh, leverage play for the Seattle game. Miles um, Gaskin. Um, I'll probably be uh, overweight if you're if it stays at three percent. I'll probably be you know ten or so. Sure. No, no higher than that. But um, I think he's very interesting with some of the injury news today. I would agree. Steve, who are some of your loan tournament plays you're interested in? Uh, you know, I think there's a, a lot of interesting ones. Uh, I've definitely already mentioned some guys like, you know, according, um, you know, we, we use a couple different sites, but Establish the Run, I think, has been one of the more accurate ones. And they right now have uh, somebody like uh, Tyler Boyd at under 10%. Um, they have uh, a... Um, Henderson at under 10%. I mean, those are guys that I really like. C.D. Lamb uh, T and T.Y. Hilton is just over 10%. But the one that really, and perhaps uh, we'll see, you know, some of this late-breaking injury news change, but Marvin Jones at only 3%. Mm. Uh, with, with both of the same starting corners out um, at 4,100, I really like that play uh, quite a bit. And then John Brown at 1%. A lot of the people were assuming that he'd be out this week. Uh, John Brown is has gotten it done when he's been on the field. So, um, for the most part, so I, I like that game again. Raiders are missing some secondary pieces, so um, you know his ownership might bump a little bit now that he's confirmed to play. But 
Um, I'm, I'm all on board with those guys and Sammy Watkins and, and all these guys that are sub 10%. Absolutely. But Steve, your John Brown play steps on my bills. <laughs> Wide receiver play. What's yeah. his first name? I just know it's G Davis. Gabriel Davis. <laughs> Gabriel. <laughs> that's, that's how I know it. G Davis. I wanted, I was so excited, so excited to play him at 3,200. And now that I hear John Brown is playing, I am not as excited, but I still am going to take a tournament dart or two. You're, These guys uh, don't think I'm super sharp for doing that, but I don't know. We'll find out next week. Your, Let's see. Your other dart throw, I, I think, is a lot more interesting because um, he has some target share. Um, Isaiah Ford from the Dolphins. Right. And then, I mean, you look at last week, it's only two targets, but I mean, uh, Fitzpatrick only threw Eight, 20 times. And, right. Yeah. You know, that I almost want to say throw that game out the window, but. If you look before, you have nine and five targets and a decent game yeah. um, and a higher scoring game against Buffalo. So if you think that they're going to be throwing the ball, you know, 45, 50 times again, like they did in that game, I don't see why he can't get, you know, six catches for, you know, 75 yards or something. And at that price, you know, that's not bad. Exactly. Yeah. Especially against the yeah. Seattle defense. I'm, I'm liking it. So, um, all right, guys. Well, I think I think we kind of covered what we normally do when we ramble on Skype for a couple hours and go through what we like. And hopefully this helps some other people. Brad, any closing thoughts to take us into week four? Uh, just hope I do better than last week. <laughs> Me too. Steve, what are your what are your closing thoughts to head into week four? Um, I I would just say this is a week I want to pay a little bit more for defense. I think there's some good ones at the top with the Ravens Rams, but I really like the Buccaneers at home with the Chargers missing a couple starting offensive linemen and Mike Williams, uh, rookie quarterback going across country. It doesn't seem to bode well. I like that call. I like that call. All right, guys. Well, it's been fun. Um, we hope to start doing more of these podcasts because it certainly helps our process and hopefully it'll help yours too. So good luck to everybody this weekend and stay safe.